0: Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting and my very special guest is Glenn Evans of Slack. Welcome, Glenn.
1: Great. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: Yes. Yeah. We've been friends uh, and fantasy football enemies for, I think, about 15 years uh, and it's been really cool to watch Glenn's career progress. He's a super hardworking guy and I want to have him on. Uh, right now, Glenn is the head of recruiting at Slack. Maybe give your quick background.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting. I. Kind of fell into recruiting. Most people do. Um, 2001, I started or I graduated college in 2000 and got into IT consulting. I did that for about two years. Uh, needed to be you know more of a CS major, which I wasn't. I was a managerial economics major. So I found myself you know being uh, asked to code and do test test plans and test cases and a lot of Q and A work and. A lot of technical work that I really was not equipped for, um, I found a way to make it work. I stayed up really late every night preparing for client sites the next day and did my best. But after a couple years of that, and the economy slowed down, I realized this wasn 't really what I wanted to do. I was feeling pretty burnt out, so I was at a crossroads found a job posting online for a technical recruiter at a company in San Francisco called Tech Systems. Uh, they're an agency that, you know, works with a variety of companies around the Bay Area. They're a national company, but this was the San Francisco branch. And I interviewed, you know, a good group of people. They hired me to be uh, a recruiter. So there's a lot of, you know, building relationships, cold calling. It was an amazing experience. I did that for four years. Uh, they taught me the foundations of, you know, sense of urgency, customer experience, um, candidate experience, you know, negotiating, just generally you know, being a good business person. Um, uh, so I, I,
0: I, remember how hard you were working at that job. That's what I was saying. Like, I'm really proud of how far you've come and your success is totally earned because like you that was a tough job. Like you were really working your ass off there.
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. You know, it was mostly commission. Uh, and anybody who lives in the Bay area knows that, you know, commission only jobs are pretty, pretty tough to make <laughs> happen. So, uh, you know, it was four years of, um, you know, sweat and tears and all those things. And then uh, in 2007, you know, Google was really blown up. And I uh, had some friends from my office in the city join on contracts there. And I was at a point where I was ready to make a move. I pinged them. Uh, they referred me with without any hesitation. And I was able to interview. And I got a nine-month contract there to support software engineering. And uh, I ended up working also on a renewable energy initiative they were they were doing. So I was placing thermal engineers and mechanical engineers and things like that. So it was a wonderful experience. I went from placing, you know, temps in, in many cases to placing software engineers with degrees from Stanford and Harvard and Yale. And, you know, the hiring bar was much different. It was my first exposure to in-house recruiting. And I was just so amazed that, you know, that these roles existed at yeah. companies like Google.
0: It was fantastic. They kind of indoctrinated you into big tech, but Google was super progressive in the way they hired and the bar. I mean, the Google bar is really, really. High. I remember. I think when I came out of business school, I couldn't even. I think I emailed you and like Google. You submitted my resume or something like that, and Google's like, "We won't. You're not qualified for an interview." And I was like, "Oh, jeez." Yeah, Thanks they were guys
1: very, very, very selective, and it's you know, the, the high bar anyway was was what I think led to a lot of their successes, you know. Not, not that you weren't a good candidate, but I think they were, you know, very, very selective. They wouldn't have converted me because I don't think they considered my college to be a top-tier college, you know, et cetera. So... Um, I think they just were very selective. And, yeah. You no, know.
0: it's part of the method of the madness. You know? Right. And, and, and by the way, at Cruiser Solving, we're growing super fast. And I know how hard it is to hire. And I know how hard it is to get. We only let awesome people come work here or recruit awesome people. Because when you have someone who's not that great, it slows the whole team down. Absolutely. It's, it's a total mess. It's so, a drain. It's yeah. hard
1: to you know pick up the pieces, replace that person, get yeah. them out. You know, there's so much... Damage that can be done if you aren't, you know, keeping uh, keeping the bar yeah. really high and not compromising.
0: So you went from Google to the yeah. other big giant monster yeah. ad tech company,
1: Yahoo. Yes, uh, and that was during an interesting time. The I joined shortly after Yahoo declined the deal to be acquired by Microsoft. Oh, I remember which that was like a very yeah. interesting time to be there. The morale in that place was. It was. It was. You know. I think people were bummed. Overall, uh, the experience was great. The people were, you know, really awesome and fun to work with. And I learned a lot. It was another contract opportunity, and they gave me a chance. Um, so I worked mostly on um, everything from copywriters, editors. Did some software engineers, designers. I did internal roles like training, uh, L and D things like that. And I kept jumping around to different things. And then the economy was really tanking in '08 you know, we all knew the world was almost going to end then, right? So, uh, you know, my, I saw a lot of the contractors that were hired with me, you know, every week there was a few more would be let go. You know, we weren't growing. There was a hiring pause every, every other week. It was pretty, pretty tough to go through that. But my boss kept moving me to things that were hiring. And I ended up working on a, executive assistant for the, for the CEO. And oh, like, I, I kept, I kept getting put on new things because they liked the work I was doing. So that was kind of fun to, to stick around, but it was disheartening to see people you started with like leaving yeah. around you. And so by the end of that year in December of '08, uh, they couldn't keep me on. So that was a bummer, but understood, you know, it's part of the business of being a contractor and, you know, funding running out. Uh, and then I decided, okay, well, I'm getting married in six months. What am I gonna do with myself? So I went back to my agency.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was short-lived. I went for stability. I thought it would be a place I could ride out the storm with the economy being really down. And, you know, things happen in life sometimes for a reason. And you look back and, okay, if, if I didn't go through that experience, I wouldn't have ended up in my next thing. Yeah. And, you know, three months into that, I realized it was a mistake it's, it's, I was so happy internally that, and I was discouraged because I didn't think there was a lot of opportunities out there with the economy being down. But, you know, pinged my friend who I worked with at Google, who I knew was at a company called Facebook in 2009. <laughs> what so, an, awesome, what so, an awesome time. Yeah, yeah. And this guy liked working with me, and we didn't work together that closely, but he was a sorcerer. And a sorcerer is somebody who does a lot of the front end, targets passive candidates, brings them in the process, and then hands them off to a recruiter. So our you know, simple things like he sent me somebody, I followed up on everyone he sent me, ended up hiring a couple of them, you know, would send a thank you to him when we got a hire, you know, cause it was like a team, team yeah. effort. And that felt, felt good to like give him that
0: kudos. Kind of sounds like you're recreating the internal work kind of thing. Like yeah. you had a, in, instead of just being a lone gunman, you had a full team, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's
1: always, I think recruiting is usually a team effort with, you know, hiring leaders, interviewers, coordinators, sourcers, everyone you're partnering with. So that experience with John led me to, you know, interact with him again for Facebook, and he felt comfortable referring me because he liked what I was doing uh, at you know, Google. You know, all these. A few years later, so I I got an interview, prepared, studied all night. You know, knew I wanted out of the agency again, and um, ended up making me an offer to be a contractor. And this was back when the team. The software engineering team was probably less than ten people.
0: Are you kidding me? The recruiting team? The recruiting team. Yeah. Uh, ten people for that big of a Yeah, wow. but
1: back then we were only six hundred and fifty people or wow. so. And I was asked to focus on infrastructure software, so kernel engineers, you know, low level systems performance kind of folks that were dealing with, you know, keeping the site up yeah. and running and performant and things like that. So that was my focus. You know, I had a, a number of wins in the first, you know, six months, and we started seeing the the growth increase. And they offered me a full time opportunity to stay. And of course, this was like my dream at this yeah. point. And they, in in the same vein, they asked me to run a team of uh, the team I was working with, which was three other people. So I converted to a lead role of you know managing a few people and running what we called infrastructure software engineering roles. So I got to partner with. Some really great people built process, you know, put together, you know, a lot of different you know, foundational things that the company still uses today, That's which awesome. is which is really, you know,
0: fun, fun to look at. You also did like I know you we were talking. I remember being in the car, actually, on the way to fancy football draft <laughs> and uh, the Oculus thing had just happened. Like maybe talk people through like. The merger uh, a merger integration, and how recruiting works through that, because that was yeah. kind of one of your big things.
1: Yeah, so I, you know, fast forward, you know, I think the acquisition went down in what, 2014. By that point, I had a team. I was supporting all of infrastructure. I team security, so my team had grown from four to probably eighty people at that point. <laughs> That's so um, awesome. We had teams aligned and set up around, you know, everything from you know the data center hardware technical project managers, you know, software, production engineering. You know, we had a bunch of different recruiting teams aligned by, you know, key hiring pipelines, and, you know, that was part of just scaling to meet the needs. The numbers, the hiring numbers were increasing. The hiring bar was very high. You know, we needed resources who were trained to have a consistent pipeline. Um, So then things were pretty stable. I had a good management team in place, and, you know, one of the things that uh, ended up happening was our boss. We had a new boss. Oculus was acquired. Uh, they were the deal was closing over the summer, and they needed to integrate into all of our processes, our applicant tracking system, our offers, the salary bands, you know, everything related to relocation, immigration, whatever. Right. So when we acquired Oculus, you know, they were
0: the small company acquired for big dollars. Yeah, yeah, it was a super sexy. Oculus is a VR company that lets you see kind of virtual reality, but it was they had a huge Kickstarter and they raised a bunch of VC money and then Facebook bought them for multiple billions of dollars. It was like a very
1: high profile acquisition. And while I'm sure many people were excited, there was just as many people there that felt that, you know, they should be, you know, their own company and do things their own way. And they were resistant. So my process was building trust with their founders and just kind of showing them the ropes. Like, here's how we do things. Here's how we, you know, present offers and here's how we get them, you know, up and running, showing them the ways of you know our offers, our bands, you know our benefits. Getting people that were there was like this weird group of people they wanted to make offers. Not weird group of people, but there was a group of people they wanted to make offers to that were kind of in flight and on hold because they had to get into the. yeah So I jumped in and started like getting offers done. Get my g- built a team as well in conjunction. So I ended up working with them for about six months and. Help get them integrated uh, into our systems and process, and then um, built the team, hired a manager for the recruiting team, and then ended up handing them off to another uh, person in recruiting wow. to run. But it was really fun to like be a part of kind of a startup with
0: that kind of backing, and uh, you know, it was I think I think we can share this moment. You and I were driving to the airport, and I remember Sheryl Sandberg sent you like a personal thank you email, and you're like, hey this is amazing. Like, and I think you used to talk to her all the time, but that was just a cool little moment where I was like, Holy cow. Glenn's really kicking ass at Facebook.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I never, I never actually really met her or had any, um, any like real FaceTime with her, but I think i had sent out like a, it was around, uh, the summer, right. And I sent an update about Oculus and what the progress is and in integrating and what we're focused on and et cetera. And, and I think it went from my boss to her to my boss's boss and up to her. And, you know, she took the time to write a thank you. That's, that's really, that's cool. nice. So it felt good. So yeah, then, you know, a couple of years later, you know, I, my team had grown even bigger up to 150 people, which is crazy. That's awesome. Never imagined back in, you know, 2003 when I walked into, you know, my recruiting life that I'd be doing that at some point. So it was a great experience. Uh, and then, you know, time fast forwards, yeah, fast forwards. And then we're, you know, have an opportunity to go to Slack to run all of recruiting and help another company go through what I've already experienced. And my th- feeling was uh, this is an opportunity I can't pass up and, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll have an opportunity to do everything better that I've already maybe gone through and, and, uh, can help, help them succeed. So.
0: Yeah. that what I mean, well, it was a, it was a well-earned uh, opportunity at Slack cause you, you put so much in place at Facebook. Like looking back on just, I want to talk about Slack cause we, we love Slack, but, on Facebook, like that was like this crazy hyper growth. Like, what are some of the, like, what are some of the things you learned kind of early on? And then what, like, how did your job change? Like, it must've just dramatically changed Like you're managing yeah. 150 people all of a sudden. Every,
1: every six months, my job changed. You know, you've got new challenges, new pressure, double the numbers. I mean, to hit as a recruiting org, biggest lessons learned first and foremost, you know, learning how to ask for resources, especially on the recruiting end. And you know, that, that, was a hard lesson to learn because we were oftentimes trying to build our team six months too late. And we were always trying to catch up to hiring targets. There's pressure for projects, pressure to the board, pressure to, you know, get these things done before we can go public, whatever. So I think that was always a pain point. And, you know, knowing what I know now, I know I can put together a business case and go to the higher ups and, and try and make that happen
0: is it like an ROI thing or what do you, what's the business case? Like, again, I, you know, I don't know recruiting well enough, but like, how do you make, make your case? Like that's super important. So I think you got to
1: back into the numbers, right? There's generally an expectation of what a recruiter at a, you know, certain level, let's say it's a mid to senior level recruiter that's, you know, always try and build your recruiting team with some senior people. I think there's, you know, I can get into that later, but you can, have a general sense of what somebody can produce every half or every, you know, every quarter. So if they produce X number of hires, you kind of back into, you have, you have a total target for the the company or your area you're supporting. You back into it with the resources you do have. Okay. There's this Delta of shoot. How are we going to fill these? Yeah. If you need me to hire
0: 50 engineers this quarter, I can't do it. Right.
1: And so you show them the math and this is what we think we can do. And you always build a little buffer in there because people need to ramp. And you know, and generally, a good recruiter, even if they're really good, will still need some time to ramp and understand the systems, the company, the culture, how to pitch it, um, all of those things. So you build all of that into it, and then you make a case based on, on uh, hires per resource in many ways and go for it. And then I think it's healthy to have a mix of full-time and contract, depending on your situation, so that... It gives you flexibility, and you can always you know, back out of the contracts if, oh, if things slow down or buffer. whatever. right? Yeah.
0: And again, going back to my—I interrupt you, but going back to my previous question of, like, how did your job change or, like, mm-hmm. what other skills—as you, you scaled, you know, all of a sudden you've gone from managing—you had a—I think you said you joined—you had a team of 10 recruiters you joined. Like for uh, all of Facebook or something like, or,
1: or oh yeah, the, the software engineering team was like ten people. Yeah. My team was like three, three, not including me. Yeah,
0: to 150 that you're managing. Yeah, you know, uh, you you learn
1: a lot the hard way. Uh, you have to have really hard conversations. You know, set expectations regularly. Learn how to manage people, coach them, have one on ones. Be willing to be really transparent with everything you can be transparent about. Take feedback, uh, adjust. Show them you're adjusting. I think. You know, building a bench—you know—is the the quote or the the cliche that that you heard a lot. You know, who who's next? If you know, you, what you're hit by the hit, get hit by the bus plan. Yeah. Like if you if you if you don't show up for work one day and you're not ever coming back, you know, who's in place to keep things running? So, yeah. you know, that comes with hiring like good senior people around you, hire people better than you.
0: You know I, I would think just knowing your personality, you probably love like the mentoring and having these you know kind of coaching people up a little bit yeah, that was fun i
1: I think it 's not for everyone people always you know a lot of people i 've worked with I want management well why you know it 's well, I like mentoring people well that 's a part of it, but you also have to be willing to make the hard calls yeah. take the you know take it on the chin when it 's not going well, you know give all the praise and take all the blame and, and those things so that kind of mindset had to creep into to my you know daily routine um it's
0: accountability yeah willing to take
1: it absolutely you know you learn to provide proactive updates and keep everyone up to speed no surprises you know i always preached to my team and i i guess this isn't really anything that like my role changed over time but tried to do everything that was put in front of me like with the mindset that my reputation was on the line and you know whether that's working with a candidate, a teammate, a person at the front desk, a hiring leader, you know, an external vendor whatever, right? You want want all of them to walk away feeling yeah. really great about working with you.
0: Yeah. So that's that, really that's really good kind of life advice too.
1: Yeah, that that just helped me and I think, you know, going back to like my history like The work at my agency led me to a referral at Google, led me to a referral at Yahoo, led me to a referral at Facebook, led me to a referral
0: at at Slack, and that was just from trying to care about the work, right? That's how it works. That's that's how life works. So, so transitioning over to Slack. So you left a team you're managing 150 people Mm -hmm. at Facebook. Like, how did the Slack opportunity show up? And then what what was your? I mean, you're probably pretty darn happy at Facebook. Like, what led you to take the Slack job? Yeah, you
1: know, I think. Happiness. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed the people I worked with. And, you know, when you get to a size that we were, I think you start feeling a little and, the, you know, the size of the team, you've walked, you've stepped aside and let everyone, you know, in your team take on more and you're kind of, okay, what am I, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, so I think for the last couple of years, it felt a lot more like maintenance and, and I still cared and tried hard and all those things, but it wasn't as fulfilling and it was a little comfortable yeah. and, maybe that's okay, but I knew always had it in me to do maybe another one of these or, you know, maybe, maybe more than one. Just um, to
0: interject, that's how I felt at lighthouse and then moved to cruise consulting. It was like, I, I could have just chilled out and had a great life and not it wasn't, but it just wasn't like scratching that itch for me anymore. Yeah. And like I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like cruise consulting has been one of the hardest things I've ever done, but it's been, it's so rewarding. And I'm I'm sure Slack is like the same. And you probably saw that. You're like, this is an opportunity to yep. do it.
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, you, you I, I pop my head up now and again, and I talked to a number of companies over the last few years, and nothing was that compelling to take, you know, to go all the way to the offer stage, and one of the things that really piqued my interest besides, you know, the hype and the, I think the problem of creating um, a platform and messaging for teams at scale is, is really interesting. There was a senior engineer I really respected and worked with at, at Facebook who left and went to Slack, and I remember... When that was announced, I was I was kind of like, well. What am I missing? And one of my good friends um, works at uh, Slack, and I pinged him and I was like, "What am I missing?" So I got on the phone with him. He got me, you know, pretty excited, and then I was introduced to their uh, head of uh, people at the time, and we had a conversation. And then one thing, you know, led to another, and I ended up having an interview with you know some of the, the key folks, and ended up with an offer. And when I went in, I didn't know. And I thought maybe I'd be a manager, or you know, maybe work in exec recruiting or something. Wasn't really expecting it. I didn't know I'd be offered the head of recruiting, and yeah. so I. Uh, but let me just interject by the way. Yeah. You're
0: such a modest person. I love you're just, <laughs> like it's it's actually a pleasure to do this interview because you're like you're like wow I you know can't believe it happened, but it, you you earned it. Like it's it's awesome to see how modest you are.
1: Well, thank you. I look, I I don't think what. I don't think recruiting is really rocket science I think a lot of it is just people skills and being you know work hard be humble that sort of thing and just take care of people around you and it was um, it was flattering and I also knew that I wouldn't have had that opportunity if I stayed where I was and you know i get to work with not only the technical teams but the business teams the university teams international wow you know there's a lot of stuff coming that you know i think we're we'll just be scratching the surface right now but down the road where will i be in 3 or 4 years if i'm successful in this it'll yeah. it'll propel my career so yeah. it was kind of a no brainer to take to take the leap, so well it
0: feels like Slack is also like the Facebook of the enterprise. You know, it's like that's how we use it. Like we communicate like crazy using Slack, mm-hmm. and all the plugins and all the integrations make it like just an incredibly sticky product. I mean, I remember we went, we tried it out for like a month because we heard great things, and all of a sudden, the, like the next thing you knew, we were we we're upgrading to the pay pay uh, version like as yep. fast as possible. And I was like, that was a moment for me where I was like, oh, this is gonna be a really big company because yeah. I actually liked the free version; it was great. But I was like, oh my god, there's so much more functionality we need, and of course i 'm going to pay for this yeah i 'm sure you guys are seeing that across you know across all of the vintage kind of new customer things yeah you no see it's, everyone, but it's, it feels like it 's going to be a monster monster company
1: yeah, I hope so I think you know that 's one of the reasons I joined yeah. you know it 's not we created our, our we created a space right we created a an avenue for people to you know, communicate in teams and you know, it's it 's a vertical that kind of hasn 't really existed before, right so now you 've got all these big, big players jumping into this arena, which, you know, I have people on my team, you know, and even I've seen some, like, oh, my gosh, this is so scary. But, no, it's validating. Oh, and the, it's, the big guys are coming in this Yeah, space. like, yeah. you know, Microsoft for Teams and Facebook at Work, and, you know, I've heard of others, and there's HipChat and some other really great companies that are doing yeah. similar things, and, you know, that's that's fine. You know, I've I saw this at Facebook when Google Plus was announced, and if anything, it makes... Makes you way better, right? I totally agree.
0: First, the first thing the big companies do is try to replicate what you're doing. And that's the ultimate validation. And it's a little cliche, but like that's, that's actually true. And then they'll, it's almost impossible for them to recreate the magic and get enough traction and get enough people on board. And then all of a sudden that gives you like it, – it takes like a year for everyone to realize that that competitor is not going to work. So, like, we're in this moment now where, like, these other things are launching and they'll get a ton of hype. The Google Plus thing is an awesome analogy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's going to be, oh, that, that didn't work. And all of a sudden the... You know, Facebook or Slack are just taking off like crazy, even faster. Yeah, because they've kind of educated the market, and you know, I think that's what's going to happen here. Like a year from now, we'll kind of look back on this little segment of Slack's life and be like, "Oh, that was that was cute when yeah. the big boys tried to replicate it." Well, yeah, I hope so. I have to be, we, a, yeah, we you know, we off, have that's me saying that, not you. <laughs> we but. have to be very
1: very humble about yeah. it. And I think if if anything the mindset should be, we haven't arrived. And this is what I really enjoyed about this time at Facebook was, it was a little bit of a wake up call. There was already the fear that, you know, oh, it's another MySpace. Then Google, the behemoth, you know, jumps in and announces this, you know, push for social. And that was really scary. But the company rallied, all the leaders rallied, the employees rallied, and they, you know, really focused on you know, building the great product and it led to great things. So, you know, it feels very similar and very familiar and um yeah so i'm hoping that you know we can have the same mindset and and
0: get it done so yeah. well we're uh, cruising. all things growing pretty fast i don't know if we can make your numbers for you next quarter alone but uh <laughs> we use it like crazy Sorry. maybe talk a little bit about because um, you're kind of like in that slack is not a startup it's like a super late stage company but in the maybe from a recruiting perspective it is you're starting up this whole thing and you got to really go industrial strength because if you're going to hit your targets you got to mm-hmm. hire a lot of people over the next couple of years mm-hmm. like talk about some of the things you're like you're Initiatives you're working on now, or things that the audience can learn from?
1: Yeah, I, well, I think first and foremost, for a two and a half year old company, when I got there, I joined in April of you know 2016. I was very pleasantly surprised to see how much great stuff was already in place, and the company had its values defined. They had you know uh, their hiring bar defined. You know a lot of good things were already in place. So you know I can't you know take credit for for any of that, but I, I was very impressed and, and happy to see that. You know what we're working on now, as a recruiting team, is preparing for the rainy day, if you will. Um, and that's kind of the—I the, stole that from our VP of engineering, who who used that. A lot of the work <laughs> we're doing is rainy day work because things are good, the momentum's good, the the wind is at our back. But that won't always be the case. You know, you will see some you know bumpy press. You'll run into now we have competition. There's going to be those times where. People will doubt us as a recruiting, you know, when, and as a recruiting team, we'll run into candidates who might opt out or they're going to take the safe option or they're not going to believe in Slack. So a lot of what we're building now for the team is a lot of checklists and process and consistency so that where you have a good quality, that will lead to really good candidate experience. You want everyone you interact with who's a potential candidate or even a prospect to feel like they were treated with respect and yeah you know, empathy and courtesy and all those that's things. By so, the way, it's
0: interesting to hear you talk about checklists and processes. Cause that's really our bread and butter too. Mm-hmm. Cause like startups are chaotic and we're serving startups. So we find that the more checklists, the more processes we layer on top of our services to them. Yep. It actually is w- way better. And we basically keep them kind of on, on the road instead of swerving off the road. So yep. it's interesting to hear like a, the recruiting organization runs the same way. Like it makes sense to me now that I hear it, but I never would have anticipated that.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, you know certain information you have to get you know let's prevent the back and forth let's you know make sure you know all of those things are done in a similar fashion so that you know the quality of work is good and the hiring leaders trust us and the you know candidates are happy if the candidate doesn't get an offer they still feel so great about us that they'll refer people and there's this mindset of um you know and also we're training the team you know around you know sourcing and you know not everyone's gonna always come to us we have to or respond we have to be creative we have to know how to Talk about the opportunity, talk about the company, get through objections, you know, how to talk about competition, whatever it might be. We have to prepare them for all of those things. So, a lot of it is creating
0: just a, a team that's much more uh, equipped to handle yeah. the bad times. I like your point about how not everyone's going to come to us always because that is like, and I'm just again learning as we talk here, but like, I could see how a recruiting team could get fat and happy mm-hmm. if they're at such a high flying, sexy company like Slack, where their friends love using it and you know engineers who want to work at the company they want to work at the company yeah. they're coming to the company because they they love the product i could see how like the recruiting organization could get a little complacent and it's interesting that you're already thinking about that
1: yeah i, I you know the, the team i've joined works really really hard and they've dealt with a ton of volume hired a ton of great people and it's been something i've really been proud to support and be a part of what I want to just get us ready for is when it when it is tougher. And, you know, I think there's some great people and they'll be ready for it.
0: You yeah. Know? And that rigor also, if it, say it doesn't get tougher for the next three or four years and you keep on the roll, that rigor is still super valuable. Yeah. Because also, and this is how, maybe how we are, that rigor allows us to scale and hire really excellent people and make them – uh, really productive very quickly because all of our processes are set and they can learn our processes and see how we do everything. Yeah.
1: If you don't have organization around the chaos, things can get out of hand as you mentioned. So it's, it's good to be thinking. And that's another thing I think I learned going through the experience at Facebook was, you know, how my role changed. It went from reactive to much more proactive and thinking six to 12 to 18 months out, like, like, Who's my next in line? You know, what do we have to prepare for? What might break? What process is good enough today but could be better tomorrow? You know, those those kind of things, which was um, super helpful. And, like, now that I'm here, you know, I'm kind of I'm carrying that mindset here. It's like, oh, okay, things are good now, but let's make them great and be ready for the what ifs. You yeah. guys might
0: have to double in a, you know might have to double headcount in eighteen months or something like that because you're growing so fast. It's like there's yeah. a lot of stuff that could happen. Are there any tools that you really like? Like what are some of the little kind of in, ins and outs of mm-hmm. like like we just signed up for greenhouse and we're trying it out and it it feels. Yeah, we like, have greenhouse. Do you use that? Do you yeah. like it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um,
1: it's probably one of the better ATS systems I've used in my career. I, I think the ones that I've really enjoyed are the ones that you know, are built in house and ah. are maintained in house, but very
0: few. Companies, By Facebook engineers who are like badass, you right? Know. Very few companies,
1: <laughs> like a Google or a Facebook. You know, they're, they're, that's an anomaly in some ways, but uh, you know, Greenhouse yeah. overall has been just fine. I mean, it's it's got everything we need. You know,
0: so that's cool. Anything? Any other like little? Little tips or fun things that the startups can, you know, without maybe the budget of a Slack, can implement or use. Yeah, there's a number of
1: uh, free tools out there. I think you know, training your team how to source from the web is is interesting. You know, a lot of people have you know their resumes out there that you can you can source with Boolean strings and things like that oh, with just Google search or Bing. That's free, more or less. You know, LinkedIn recruiter seats are getting more expensive. Uh, they acquired Connectifier. That's been helpful, and Connectifier lets you. You know essentially find people 's info without you know you can get their direct email and oh that 's interesting it 's an aggregator it helps you pull information from the web so you can find them and that one is also now owned by linkedin, so it 's very useful, but if your budget budget 's tight, you know you may not be able to buy a seat for every person, but having one of those or two of those is certainly helpful but yeah i think I think just posting there 's a lot of niche job sites out there and a lot of interesting places to to post you can use ads on facebook you can target people that way Uh, there's
0: lots of like creative things you can do that's awesome well maybe just tell kind of people where to find you and you know if you have a message for all those incredible recruiters that you're probably trying to hire yourself (laughs) you know tell them where to find you and what you're looking for
1: yeah so i think in general you know linkedin is a great place to find me you can look me up and reach out anytime if you have questions i've actually really enjoyed helping uh companies and you know i have a friend that works uh at a startup who pinged me about how to how to scale recruiting or how would i handle certain things and so i've, I've enjoyed helping that and that's like a pay it forward kind of kind of thing which is which is fun so always open to that kind of stuff the type of advice maybe i'd provide to a recruiter or somebody is you know as you're thinking about you know where you're going to go go somewhere where you're going to grow and learn the most my career accelerated when i got to build something I can always go somewhere much later in my career and maintain something. So I kind of got to that point, you know, which is why I I moved on and and started at Slack as I I get to build again and really, really be challenged and learn and grow. And, you know, it's just been been really, really great and eye opening after
0: a few years of, you know, kind of maintaining. So that's incredible advice. Go somewhere you can build and you can maintain later in your career when you're a little more relaxed and chilled out. Yeah. Uh, well, Glenn, Glenn Evans from Slack, thank you so much for coming by. I really appreciate it. Awesome interview. Yeah. And as I said, you're a very, very modest man, <laughs> and uh, I give you a lot of credit for that, and I know how hard you work to get here, so congratulations. All right. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. All right, bro. Take care. Yeah. Yeah.